Hello and welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. Merry Christmas, you guys. This is part two of John and my um, talk. This one's a little lighthearted. We talk about the, the Father's love. We talk about passion. We talk about discernment. We talk a lot about just Christ coming on this earth and showing us how to do it. So thanks for joining us and we hope you guys enjoy the cast. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. Hello and welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. La 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 la, kaching. <laughs> What's that from? Uh, that's the episode where Dwight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sells the unicorn. Princess princes. unicorn. My horn can pierce the sky. <laughs> Michael. <Yeah. laughs> and then Toby's like, I need this. I need this. He's $400. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. What's wrong with this one? It's more beautiful than I expected. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just so bad. <laughs> Apparently, I just heard this fact, but. They would keep the set at 64 degrees because uh, Steve Carell would sweat through his suits if it was oh my any hotter. That yeah. is hilarious. I could see that guy being really sweaty. Yeah. No, he definitely, his hair is just always yeah. kind of like glistening. Did you notice in like the first season he was like almost practically bald? Yeah. And then second season like, yeah, bush. He totally, like when, when it picked up, he probably, he definitely got right. hair, hair stuff. He looked good either way. I mean, and he lost a lot of weight too. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, you got way more fit. There's like this, um, I don't know if this is like NBC, but they, they came out with some videos of like kind of like bridging the gap from the summer. Mm-hmm. And they're, I don't know if they were from NBC, but I think they just like in, enticed so much like um, conspiracy within the office. Like mm. they they somehow like made it look seem like Toby was the Scranton Strangler, <laughs> like because when they were oh, watching, because yeah. when yeah. they were watching the Scranton Strangler, they were all at Toby's desk, but Toby wasn't there. That's right, and, they and were, like, like they an online that series, out. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an online series, yeah. and then they like um, another thing was they, um, they made it seem like Bob Vance was a mobster. Yeah, <laughs> like how like he's always like Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, you know, like kind of like fronting his business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I remember those. They were on Hulu and. That was back when I'd watch him like religiously on Hulu. Yeah. It was a cool platform. So funny. Is it still kind of big Hulu? I I, so I don't know. It. I've never I've never used Hulu. Amazon. I just rented a video last night, continuing our last podcast. Oh but yeah. Kate and I finished uh, Captain. I always want to say Captain Marvel, but it's Captain Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it. Okay. So, so it's all up to you to kind of recap the end of it. Well. I'll leave out the big spoilers, but spoiler warning again, like last podcast, it it was really good, but it made me, you know, think because the movie is sort of propagating this idea that religion is, uh, it's an opiate for the masses and Mm. they basically, you know, they take out their, their mother died and they honor her wishes to cremate her and like pee on her ashes. Yeah. Wow. Because she was a Buddhist. and like, well, there's nothing happening after this. Like, screw it. I want people to laugh and dance at my funeral, not to be sad. Uh-huh. 
so it was a cool idea and it's very humanistic it's focused on and it made me like really excited to be human yeah like a lot of times I've, I find with like the way my temperament works especially in like a Catholic guilt university setting like work 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 and pray 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 yep. you should be bogged down by all these issues of mm-hmm. life but the ver- like super humanist movements like the hippies who want to make philosopher kidding babies you know? uh-huh. it's like we are given such a gift and that's what we can talk about more later just like the humanity of it like yeah. the human experience right right yeah and i love that full circle like a big happy joyous um consolations and the desolations like they uh-huh. all weave into this beautiful picture and that's the like the movie ended in a very beautiful and wholesome way mm-hmm. almost kind of hinting at something transcendent and like a, a god to that they don't explicitly reference it but uh, Viggo Mortensen's character arc is amazing and mm-hmm. again he's one of my favorite actors of all time Aragorn so <laughs> good I listened to our podcast the other day and Mishki said Aragorn yeah Aragorn <laughs> Argon. So like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Italian. <laughs> I love Jake's Argon. I think that's really interesting because when I was younger, like in college, like like freshman, sophomore, I think I really, um, I just wanted to have a human experience, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's, like if you would have asked me, like what drives you, why do you get up in the morning? It's to kind of like have a human experience. And I think that's, that's good, mm-hmm. but there is emptiness there. And I think, um, I think when I studied abroad, when I, when I would um, like, just like be nowhere and have an experience, I think that that's like amazing to have a human experience, you know, to be in touch with your humanity and in the good times and the bad times and everything. But yeah, I feel like there it always reflects on God, you know, Mm -hmm. it all, God is always there, no matter how hard you try to just push it out, you know? Yeah. It really makes me reflect on Into the Wild. That's one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. You've seen that one? When he like burns his cash and goes up Mm -hmm. or, or is that the, that's the same one. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. He, you know, graduates college, gets fed up with society. Eddie Vedder's soundtrack is amazing. That's the reason I picked up the mandolin. That's because I heard that song rise. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh my gosh, man, <laughs> Eddie. And I'm not a huge fan of Pearl Jam, but it's good music. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. But I mean, yeah, just you can see God in that movie. You can see right. how like the hard times, you know, and the loneliness, but then it's overcome by the joy and the accomplishment. Yeah. And Chris McCandless, he finds in the concrete ways, right? He finds, he writes in the end of, the, I don't know if this is in the book. I just got the book again. Thanks to Kate, but. He writes in his journal at the end, happiness only real when shared. And he finds that God only happens in concrete situations. And um, this guy, Chris McCandless, only finds happiness in concrete relational situations where he's with the farmer and he's with these tramps um, in the Grand Canyon, you know? Uh So we're always trying to create that human experience. And I remember... At Bernardi, they recorded a Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast. Uh-huh. And one of the, the two advice nuggets that really stuck with me were Father John said, oh, something in German, it's like, mehr Mensch sein, be more human. Uh-huh. I think I mentioned that on this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, just live more of a human experience. And someone else said something like, find community. But I don't know. Yeah, when we try to invent sort of the human 
experience on our own, we find that it's often too empty. Yeah. And that's like, that leads to nihilism. When you kill it God, you're like, oh, this is it. Uh-huh. But when you get too angelic and spiritual, everything is like, um, we just read this book called, or the short story by Flannery O'Connor for class, Delexi and I, your Okay, wife, cool. Parker's <laughs> Back, uh-huh. which is probably what she wrote her paper on. And the two characters, one's all down to earth, Parker, and he's a drunkard and he like represents materialism in the flesh. And uh-huh. Sarah, his wife, Sarah Ruth is all about Gnosticism. Like she hates sin, classic Bible belt. Like, oh, I hate sin. I hate flesh. And uh-huh. <clears throat> it's just Gnosticism kind of reinvented manifesting in this. Yeah. I think, um, just what we were talking about, like how, um, I don't know if we, are we created to to be these wandering, um, adventurous humans? You know, like are we created for that? Because when I look into the Old Testament, that's all that they did. All they did was wander around, and they didn't know where to go. They followed the cloud. You know, they followed the fire, the cloud, the pillar in the cloud. You know, mm-hmm. and that's all they did. You know, and I feel like is is that like bringing it back to Christmas, like, is that what we're made to do? Or are we made to go out with purpose and see God in the situations? Because Christ came to earth and we don't have to wander around anymore, like, with such a detached mindset of God, you know? Being so distant. Being so distant, you know, because he was on this earth. He walked this earth Mm -hmm. and he's here. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be about a freedom podcast. Like, how do we, Uh how do we work with our purpose? And you think of Abraham, I remember Peterson, Jordan Peterson did a reflection on this in one of uh-huh. his biblical series, but like Abraham's story is one of, like it's like the great adventure. It's the archetypical. It he leaves his father after years of kind of what we'd say nowadays is the Thailand experience where you're yeah. just kind of, oh, I don't want to leave. I'm going to Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend time not growing up. So he grew yep. up. One of this great adventure. You think of all the cool guys back then, like David. Mm. Joseph in a Technicolor dream coat, great play, so good. Uh, but all these guys, you know, they acted with the power of the Lord, and mm-hmm. they're passionate men and women, especially like Ruth and Naomi and um, Sarah. You think of all these Old Testament figures, especially, but they were just acting with such freedom, yeah, in what they were doing. And then I want to speak more on the Grand Inquisitor later and how we manipulate that nowadays, but I guess a real question I have is, is that same one, you know, is God's plan laid out before me and I just need to kind of check off the boxes in the right way to do that? Or is mm-hmm. it one of these situations that now that he's become one of us, Yeah, we have so much even like more. Yeah. Because it's interesting how, um, <coughs> sorry. Um, yeah, we're both throaty. Yeah. Right my, I don't know what's going on in my throat. It's like really early it's in December. the morning. Yeah. I, it's bad. Um, but it, what's interesting is, didn't they they describe didn't they describe Jesus as the last prophet? Is that correct? Because he had, um, well, what, was, what are the three things that were? Well, okay. So what I'm thinking is that like all of these people were like prophets and like were in touch with Jesus. We're in touch with God. You know, God was speaking to him. The word. Yeah. And speak the word. And they were prophets and Mm -hmm. how Jesus was the last prophet because, um, he kind of broke that connection with the Holy spirit, you know, and brought the Holy spirit and how we're all prophets. We're all priests, prophets, and Kings, you know, and how was, was there a day when, 
only the prophet would pray to God and then all the lay people would yeah. just sit there? Or I don't... I remember Eric and I touched on this when we did the podcast going up to the mountain. But, uh-huh. you know, it, it's really hard because, like, Moses was the mouthpiece for God. Yeah. He would talk about the precepts of the Lord and the commandments and how to live God's law. And I think it's not too far to say Jesus is the last prophet, but he's the fulfillment of the old law, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the law. He is. He's the yeah. truth and the way and the life. Mm-hmm. But how that plays out into the access, I mean, looking at Samuel, like David would speak to the Lord, but then he'd go through his prophets. Yeah. You know, he'd go yeah. through Nathan and uh-huh. Samuel, and they would, I, that's one of my favorite stories, right? Where, yeah. You know, like uh, the lost sheep. Yeah. Who is this? Let's man? go kill this man. It's you. It's me. <laughs> Such Dang a good it. got him. Oh, got yeah. him. Yeah, that you're was on the original punked. one where that one where he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ashen Kutcher's there. Yeah. You're all pumped. <laughs> Dude, Dave's in like doing like a break dance. He man. He's a that, cool guy. I know. King Dave. I know. He's just I mean, I love what you say about him. Like the lion after the what was that? The lion after the Lord's heart, or oh, he is the only person described in the Bible as being a man after God's heart, man after, after the God's Father's heart, heart yeah. besides Jesus. Yeah, and that's that's crazy. I feel like it, recently in the last week, I've really been <clears throat> wow, voice crack. Um, I've really been kind of just like experiencing God's passion, mm. and I think my wish right now is to like more experience God's passion. Um, there's like this song that Jake showed me that we're going to, we're going to do a review on, but, um, the, it's, um, it's called a prayer or the prayer. I forget what the title is. 21 pilots. No, it's, um, it's by King's kaleidoscope. Okay. Um, we'll do a review on it and we'll, we'll bring you through it, Mm -hmm. but it's just, you can hear God's passion. And every time I hear it, I want to cry because, because, um, Jesus, you can hear Jesus and, um, the, the artist is weeping in his song and, and then Jesus comes in and he's like, I gave my love life for you. And I, and it's because I love you. And it's because, and he's like, I feel you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if I, if I think of Jesus as the greatest lover after my heart, like, it like makes me like break down, song of songs. you know, it's yeah, like a me. song of songs. Yeah, yeah. Like God, Jesus is like pursuing me with his full heart, like greater than I could ever pursue Delexi, you know, greater than I could ever pursue any person on this earth. Yeah. Like Jesus is a better lover, you know, and we're running away from him. We don't see him. We don't talk to him. You know, it's like any relationship, like you need to talk and he wants to talk, you know, it's like, I think of like me being Delexi and Jesus being me, you mm-hmm. know, like if Delexi never talked to me for like, talk to me for only like 10 minutes a day, wouldn't talk to me every so often, like our relationship would, would hinder, you know, but like, then I see like how Delexi and I talk so much. All we want to do is find time to talk and yeah. like, and our relationship just like, just in flames in passion, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, that's how I kind of want to see my relationship with God. You know, I want mm-hmm. to partake in that passion because he came on this earth and he carried all of our sins. Right. 
you know, and he carried and he forgave them all and he forgives them all. Yeah, it's it's the it's, love story. It's the greatest love story. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. I just been kind of tapping into that this week and like how it was super funny. I had one of those like just randomly open the Bible, you know, like okay God, like the I'm going to random moment. Yep. And oh. it was it was super interesting because I was just like worried about whatever everything's happening. It's around Christmas mm-hmm. and I open the Bible and it's the passage. I think it's in Luke where um it's Martha and Mary and Jesus is there. And I and I believe that Martha's the one like, Oh, get my sister to help me, get my sister mm-hmm. to help me. Yeah. And Jesus is like, No, Mary is actually doing the right thing. She's spending time with me and she's living with me. And at that moment I was just like, Oh, I need to go to adoration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just sit, you know, I just need to be there, you know? And I just need to like stop worrying about all of this stuff, you know? Right. And start looking at the real relationships in my life. Seriously. And that's the type of humanistic touch that just breaks you out of this mold. And yeah. I'll try to articulate some thoughts right after this, but I was grabbing coffee and sweets with Martin Schlag, the other Father oh. Martin Schlag, and we were just chatting. And he was saying, you know, like we're trying to, I'm trying to establish like a deep, consistent prayer life because mine's, yep. oh, when I need it, kind of a med pack thing. Yeah. Yep. Boost 50 points. Now I'm back. Yeah. Dude, same. And uh, he was saying, you know, like, oh, yes, what? It's it's a battery, you know? You can only go so far on your own, but it, it's good. <laughs> and he was saying, like, okay, well, well, think of prayer as you're, like, how it really is, how you're describing, it. like, this is the greatest love story, and all you want to do is share your share your life. You want to go to this guy mm-hmm. and talk to him about your day. You just want to, you know, and you think about, I think about my girlfriend uh-huh. or her wife. Yeah. I just want to call them and let them know what's yeah. going on. Like, yeah. Hey, Always. I just found a puppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just ran over a squirrel. Yeah, you know, like, just anything. We're eating tonight, baby. <laughs> but the way he was describing, like, that's how our love should be I in know. prayer with God. And I was grabbing, okay, so here we go. Let's go. <sighs> All right, I'll try to translate spirit. for you. Let's Thank go, you. baby. So I'm going to try to articulate a lot of thoughts here in these three points. Freedom, discernment. Mm-hmm. and God's passion. So when, go. when you were talking originally, it made me think of the book Wild at Heart. Yeah. And I've never finished it because to me it seems like it's just, I think I get caught up in some of the misogyny and like gender yeah. super black and white roles that, I mean, sometimes they're good, but often they're not true in the, uh-huh. um, every circumstance. I don't like blankety things, but yeah, neither. I think he, John Eldridge, who writes his book, and Eric's a huge fan of him. You finished the book? I I think I'm the same as you. Yeah, I don't think I got to finish the last chapter. Yeah, I, the last time I was reading it was in uh, a silent retreat in Rome, and yeah, like, you know, I just I love I love the book, and it really um, it's kind of like a Jordan Peterson, just really like opens your eyes to a he lot hits of things. Something deeper. He hits some. He hits a deeper note, mm-hmm. and then. I kind of, I was just able to kind of just like, oh, these are amazing things and kind of just walk away from the book, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, like I, I haven't got that yet, but I've had enough men around me who can say, look, wait, like this is something and it's changed my life. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think, here's what I think, Sean. So okay, tell me. In this catholic world that I, it's beautiful world, but it's often insular and the discernment word is a, it's a trigger word. It's yeah, a it is. buzzword because... You know, often if you're not doing God's will, you know, we know life is um, abysmal and yep. it's not worth living because uh-huh. you're not living abundantly. John ten ten. you know, you're not tapping into that spirit of God and that's awful. <laughs> yeah. 
put oh, like, <clears throat> geez, man, we gotta get rid of this winter phlegm. Yeah, this phlegm is horrible. <laughs> you know, if we're living sort of a Pharisaic life, like God's will is a piece of rock that I need to follow. Uh-huh. Like that's nominalism. That's saying my will is in. It's separated from God's. And I was grabbing again coffee. Whatever God speaks to me through coffee, I guess that's how we're doing it. I was grabbing coffee with Joel Downs, uh-huh. and he just got off of silent retreat with Monsignor Essif. If you've heard of him, no, I haven't. He was like Mother Teresa's other spiritual director. Oh wow! And he was like number two to Padre Pio. This dude, so cool. Yeah, he's crazy mystical. But he had Joel. I hope he's okay with me saying this. He had Joel go in there, like write down all his desires, and then he stopped him. He's after an hour in adoration, he wrote down his desires. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, he stopped and said, "You don't know yourself. You don't know who you are in God's eyes. Like, you have no idea yeah. the radical, endless, reckless love that's pursuing you." Yeah, and, yeah. And this is blowing me away because all these themes are converging into this idea of freedom and love. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this discernment of like, follow it. You better not hurt this guy. Like, uh-huh. you better do what Jesus wants. Yeah. Like, boom, boom, boom. Order, order, order. Yeah. That reminds me a lot of Fyodor Dostoevsky's Grand Inquisitor. It's a chapter from the Brothers Karamazov, one of my favorite books, and I recommend it. And it's not to sound... <laughs> Uppity. Tyrannosaurus Rex, yeah. Quant. <laughs> one of the best podcasts. But it just I love Russian literature because it touches so deeply to the human soul. You know, there are yeah. suffering people. Uh-huh. East clashing into West. <clears throat> Yikes. But in this chapter, it's like a short prose poem uh-huh. memorized by this atheist character, Ivan. Uh-huh. And in this poem, The Grand Inquisitor, it's in the 1500s in Italy or in Spain where they're going through the Inquisition and they're burning heretics and the church is acting in that way of super order. And then Jesus comes back to earth for the second coming. He performs miracles. He raises people from the dead. He wow. heals people. And this is all in one day. He comes back in one day. And by the end of that day, I'm thinking of paraphrasing. I read it a while ago. The Grand Inquisitor puts him in jail and says, okay, like you can't be doing this. this these are all heresies. Like You are acting against the church. We're going to wow. kill you tomorrow. We're going to burn you at the stake. And he goes into the jail cell with Jesus Christ. He's like, I know who you are. You should not be doing this. We have worked really hard. You established this church. We've worked really hard to create people um, to be the people you called them to be, right? It's like you came to die for their freedom. Look what that's given. The sin, vice, yeah. evil in the world. You should not have done that, Jesus. You wow. should have. He's like, you, instead of bringing manna, the bread from heaven, you should have given them this daily bread, the bread of earth. That's what we're trying to create. We're trying to create order, and you're destroying it, man. <laughs> like, you're ruining our oh plan as a church. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Yeah, and it's like it's beautiful, and it's touching, uh-huh. and it's true, because in some ways, that's, I mean, like, that's what the sort of shadow archetype of what the church could be like the institution uh-huh. of the catholic church without jesus is maybe the most authoritarian oh, yeah. on earth oh yeah and so this guy grand inquisitor's old man is yelling at jesus and he said i think he says at one point like i don't believe in you even though you're in front of me i don't believe in you i'm gonna burn you at the stake tomorrow for all the sins that you've committed and he's like okay i'm gonna leave the door i'm gonna lock it and i'll come back to you tomorrow but Jesus gets up and kisses him and the Grand Inquisitor is so stunned and he just leaves the door open and walks away, thus leaving Christ to like escape. And that's sort of a metaphor of like the church 
at least in Dostoevsky's eyes, like the church is so, um, it imposes these things and at least yeah. it's the, the human will, the power to impose order on the soul. Yeah. But we leave open the tiny door for Jesus to come in. And that's what he, he came onto this earth for us men to understand what it means to be uh, in touch with the father. Right. Yeah. And what does the father want for us? He wants us to be freedom, free and passionate people. Yeah. So that's what I think. Time back in, like God loves wow. us so much. It's unbelievable. And he wants us to be uh-huh. like living like humanly, like be more human. Yeah. And that's not an excuse to sin and live in vice, but like, like understand, like going through the thing with my, my mom this summer, like just taking mm-hmm. breaths, just having yeah. normal poops, <laughs> like peeing <laughs> is such a gift that we're like, I'm not in pain doing yeah. that. Yeah. Like I can breathe right now. I can have a great friendship with you uh-huh. in this beautiful apartment. Yeah. It's like, be grateful and then use that. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. life makes so much sense. It, yeah. And it's just like, I think what is blowing my mind is that um, Jesus became fully man. You know, mm-hmm. he's fully man. I think I've talked about this, but this is like kind of a turning point in my religious spiritual journey when I realized that Jesus became fully man. You know, no, no direct line. He didn't have God on speed dial. He talked to him the same way that we do. Hmm. You know, and I think that that's kind of what you're talking about, how he showed us how to live. He showed us what to do, mm-hmm. the, the, the forgiveness and the life that we're called to live. Like he came on this earth and there's a lot of things written about what he did, you know? And I think <clears throat> the love that he showed us by dying for us is just like such a passionate story, you know, just mm-hmm. sweating and he didn't want to do it. And there's so many times where in love, we don't want to do things, but he chose to, it's like the ultimate sac- like sacrifice, you know, laying down your life for another. Mm-hmm. And he laid down his life for all of us, you mm-hmm. know? And so, yeah, just going back, like he's just so passionate, you know? And I think that's so interesting how just, he, all he needed to do was kiss the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. You know, he didn't say anything. life back in this guy, this yeah. cynical, evil old man who was like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And it's just like, that's what, I mean, there's so many moments where like Jesus does just kiss me, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> wow. My throat <laughs> is so bad. Here, let me take a drink. I know what you mean though. He, he's just like, especially in it. I think the most kind of key insight is that this man is super high up in the church. That means he's been living this way for so long mm-hmm. in an ecclesial sort of like Christians. It, it is Christian setting, uh-huh. but he's, that's led him to a death of the spirit and like yeah. a willing, he, he's killed Christ in his life. Yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. And I just think, yeah, there's just so many times where Jesus, all he does is kiss me mm-hmm. and that just transform it transforms everything mm-hmm. i remember my f- first kiss with Alexi. you know that just changes everything you mm-hmm. know and right after that you just like literally can't stop smiling like the, <laughs> yeah. someone could tell you that your house burned down and you're just like uh, i th- i'm sorry my face is just eternally smiling you know like just moments like that where you where you feel the love of someone else you know and that just pierces everything love kills everything and it just it just pierces everything right and i want to kind of flesh out a thought with you in a second but Mm -hmm. yeah those are 
those are the moments that like break you out of the me versus God, whether it's you're, you're Christian or not, but uh-huh. like, I'm somehow not in concord with the universe, you know, like, but those moments of like extreme love and the, we talked about these with quant actually, the golden moments where you're touched yeah. something yeah. by something bigger that breaks you into like your human role as body and spirit together. Uh-huh. And you live this life and you look at the Captain Fantastics of the world who are living that way. And it's really beautiful. And it's like, you, you see the really dark sides of that uh-huh. in the movie, uh-huh. which is a really cool insight. Yeah. But those, those touches of love, um, which makes me, brings me to this thought I've been kind of chewing on, you know, like Jesus was like us in every way, but sin. Uh-huh. And it, like, the way he loves us in the Song of Songs, it's just very, very deep and it's a profound pursuit. But do you think he was like jealous of us? And it's always saying in the Old Testament, he's a jealous God. Yeah. I don't think like, he cannot um, feel jealousy in the way we do, right? Because that's in some ways tainted and evil. Like, I want you, the envy, the covetousness. Yeah. But like, how do you think Jesus is jealous of us, right? You know, because if... You know, you're the Delexi, or yeah. at least you're the beloved yeah, yeah. seeking you, and we're constantly well, going away. I can very, um, I guess I can see that on a surface level kind of jealousy. You know how, like, let's say I'm pursuing Delexi and we're dating, you know, and I'm, I'm so in love with her, you know, like, I just can't fall asleep because I'm so in love with her. I just think of every conversation that we have and mm-hmm. just very passionate about her, and then she goes off and is talking to other guys, you know, not interested in me, you know, maybe talks to me for, let's say, 10 minutes a day, you know, and I want her whole heart, you know, like, mm-hmm. just give me your whole heart. So I can see how that can be um, surface level kind of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't bad at that which point. Which isn't bad, no. Um, but I would say, like, I would, not like a deeper jealousy being in sin, but I would say, like, he there's a reason that he gave us free will, you know, it's because he wants our choice, you know, the most important thing. He wants there to be freedom in the choice of us pursuing him, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, if you have, if I'm just like some, if I win the lottery and all these people start hitting me up, you're going to be like, well, this is fake love, you know, like, because I have something to give, you know, ain't loyal. you ain't loyal. these hoes ain't loyal, (laughs) you know, (laughs) no, but like, or just like slavery, you know, there's no, he, Jesus is so, it's so interesting because he wants a real love. Yeah. He, he wants a real love that it like reflects his passion, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that is where the, I don't, I wouldn't say it's like sinful jealousy, but like he wants us to choose him, you know? Yeah. And I was in confession the other day, probably the best confession I've been in with Father David Smith ever. It was like 50 minutes. You That's know, I had awesome. like two or three minutes of the actual confession. He's like, what else is new in your life? That's so awesome. And then, so awesome. Yeah, it was providential because I was like, I really want to know about this guy's life. Uh-huh. Disclaimer, he's a retired priest. Yep. I think he's like 90. So he's withered. Yeah. He's, he told me all about his life and his like the moves he'd made with yeah. freedom. And it was ridiculous. This yeah. man has like solved conflicts in the Middle East. Yeah. Started departments and universities. Spent time in all over the world. He is very. Yeah. yeah. But he just understands like, you know, the freedom of God. He said to me, like how much for my penance. I don't think I, like this isn't weird for me to share. He's like, how much I go pray to God. 
ask him, how much of me do you want? And when you get the answer, all of you, then you'll know. And that's wow. kind of playing back into what Monsignor SF said to Joel. Like, you have no idea who you are. You really yeah. don't know what you want. Yeah. Um, we put up these walls and these barriers because I'm thinking of that quote. Like, it's not our faults and whatever misgivings that uh-huh. we're afraid of. We're afraid of how good and great we can be. Yeah. We're afraid of our the deep, profound love that we can experience with God. And like, I often get frightened because I think he, something I'll be robbed. You know. Yeah. It's in one way I give it all to him. Uh-huh. You want all of me, God? Oh. Yep. But remember we were at AYD right before adoration and the guy's like, okay, we know two things when we surrender something to God. He gives it back to us. Like if we surrender something, he gives it back to us glorified uh-huh. or he gives us something better. Yeah. And I, that's exactly what's happened in my life. It is, yeah. And it's our fallen will that says like, no, I have something good. Hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the human instinct of us. Mm-hmm. And God is asking us to defy our instincts, defy. Take that leap everything. of faith. Take a leap of faith, you know, because it's not easy. You know, there's so many times where I'm just like scared, you know, you want to hold on to the one thing that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to hold on to Especially like the relationship. The relationship. Like, this is the love. Yeah. You can't let it go. Yeah. Let's, let's just, let's live in ignorance. Let's, you know, let's not fight. Let's just mm-hmm. try to be happy. You know, but it's like, yeah, it's just crazy. You do have to surrender and you have to surrender your life. And that's scary. But yeah, it, it's, it's horrifying. But at the same time, like doing this surrender novena, which is one of the key, key cornerstones in my spiritual life. It's amazing. And it's, you just repeat it 10 times in a row, like, you know, nine days, yeah, 10 times yeah. in a row. And Every day I'm like, who wrote this? This is amazing and what just what I need to hear today. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of playing back into how Jesus feels jealousy. You know, he can't be touched by the, the possession, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Can't say, I want Sean so badly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know how that, like just because it's gratuitous, it's free, and he wants us to do something or, in return. Or is it just like, is it just like um, our parents, you know? Is it kind of like, I can just think of my dad being like God, you know, and just how he wants, like, let's say my dad is perfect, you know, he knows what is good for me and he knows what is great for me. And you're just like, oh, you need to freaking choose this, you know, it's just like, he's just like, can't impose it. Just like white knuckling, just like Sean, I just, I think it's just more of a deep desire for us to choose what is good, you know? Mm. That's, that's the fatherly love. That is the fatherly love, you know, just how like he, he desired, cause like you will the good of the other, mm-hmm. like I love you mm-hmm. translated in other languages, you know, it's like, I will your good, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it makes so much sense, you know, because like if, if you true, if I truly love Alexi, I'm going to want to do things that are good for her, you know, mm-hmm. and that helpful for her, you know? And uh, I think that's where it becomes the, the, like the sacrifice and the dying to yourself, you know, because there's things that are going to be for her, good for her that are going to be hard for me, Mm. you know, and and that's, that's where the sacrifice comes in. Yeah. That's, that's true love. It's the fatherly understanding, um, that you, 
want the will, the good of this other person, right? God wants us to be free and loving and uh-huh. peaceful at all times. We constantly choose sin. Yeah. And I think what like, power does and power in the religious sense with like the inquisition, if we're going back to the church as an authority or as an authoritarian, like it sees so much good, but it, like, there's the desire to control and the, the will to power. But basically, again, in confession, he's like, well, what's the point of power? Yeah. What's the value behind it? And I was like, well, it makes you feel good and you can control all these. Like, exactly. We <laughs> trust ourselves. God trusts our free will and he loves our freedom so much that he gives it to us. Yeah. But we don't trust others. Yeah. Controlling yourself is good. It's temperate. Mm-hmm. You can have some sort of power over your passions. That's, in mm-hmm. fact, a good thing. But when you impose that on other people, you are defying what God treasures most. Yeah. And yeah. especially in a relationship, like as a father, I remember Dr. Bray would say this in Learning Memories, like love is unconditional support. It's at three in the morning, you get a call from your son or daughter yeah. and they're like, hey, I'm in jail. He said, yeah. well... Uh, he's like, I would have put you there in the first place if I would have heard what you're doing. Yeah. But I will always be there right beside you, loving <laughs> you and supporting you. That's interesting. Well, yeah. He's like, he would say this to his kids. If I find out you're drinking in high school, I will be the first to tell your coaches and you'll be suspended. Mm-hmm. But I will never leave your side. Yeah. And it's beautiful and Gosh, it's painful. Oh, I love, because we, we categorize it as reckless, you know, mm. reckless love. But it's not. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's so amazing is that, like, God does it first, you know? This is another great insight of Sean, you know, like, (laughs) very simple insight that I just, like, come to. And it's, like, what's so hard in relationships, you know, like, what, in the beginning of a relationship, I'm so worried about, like, um, oh, does she love me back? You know, does Mm -hmm. she love me back? Mm -hmm. Um, or is she going to give as much as me? Like, these are very base, um, worries, you know, does she love me as much as I love her? Because if I love her more, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like very stressful, you know, but the thing with loving God is that he loves us so much more than we can love him back, you know, and he loves us first. Mm-hmm. So there's no risk in us loving him because like he already loves us, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. Like how, like if there's I'm, no risk, in if surrender. I just want to give my life to Delexi and then she's like, okay, I choose to love you. You know, she's not gonna, um, she's not gonna fall. Like, it's not going to be like unfulfilled because I'm already constantly just pursuing her, you know? Hmm. And it's just like, there's there's that net, you know? When we jump off the cliff, the net was has been there ever since we were born, you mm-hmm. know? And the, there's no, like, yeah. And it's not devoid of pain or suffering either. Yeah, or no. challenge, and that's the cool part, is that mm-hmm. we're not robots who can constantly... I always make this analogy, like, playing video games, I would often go to the infinite mode or infinite yep. ammo, yep. and it's like, yep. this is hella boring Yeah. <laughs> Not having as much fun. <laughs> so true. I used to do that too. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. Like, yeah, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> like with playing like um, NHL. Yeah, just put all of your players at a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> win, win, win. Yeah, and then the game gets tired, and you get a headache, and you're like, Yeah, you get so stupid. Bo- I hate adolescence. Yep. <laughs> but someone mentioned me the other day. He's like, Do you ever like think? Okay, I want to go all in. And like, why? What's stopping me from going all in? Mm-hmm. And to pass John, that would mean like giving up your life, giving up 
all these earthly things doing some sort of St. Francis of Assisi going naked in the square and, yeah. you know, swearing allegiance to a bishop, yeah. which is awesome. But my first thought was like, that doesn't change anything externally. It's all internal. God came from my heart. Yeah. My body and my soul are just sort of attached. Okay, I don't want to get weird. <laughs> but like, he doesn't want a Pharisee who lays down his life because it's all in. Yep. I'm all in, baby. I'm going in. I'm going to show everyone that I'm all in. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you can't exclude the love of your wife from God. You know, like uh-huh. you're loving Delexi and Jesus, not Jesus in Delexi. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know how that works, but there's, yeah, you're loving it's hard. Delexi yeah. and God uh-huh. and saying, going all in, like granted there, that's the call of many to a consecrated life. Uh-huh. But they, you know, that's not, I don't know what I'm saying. I, like when he asked me, yeah. do you want to go all in? I'm like, well, I, I do. It's yeah. It's not about. I feel like it's not shown externally. Um, Often that's like it's not like step you have to three, give up. You know? Yeah, it's not like you have to give up your your car. You have to start mm-hmm. riding a bike. You know, you have to start like. Mm. You know, it's not John the Baptist. We're not all called to be John the Baptist. Go out and live in the desert and eat bugs. Right. You know, there are certain people who do live that way, and they fair, are yeah. awesome examples and witnesses of like uh-huh. a, like such a radical detachment from this earth but yeah. i think where we're at sean you and i and where we're called to be is sort of placed as these bastions of hope and light in the world to yeah. say like i'm currently a hundred percent under the reckless love of god i'm a sinner i'm a human uh-huh yeah no i love and what i what is interesting because when you give your full life to the love of christ you know there's no way you can bottle it up, you know, mm-hmm. and it, there, it's guaranteed to overflow. You know, your cup is going to overflow and that and it's going to fill other people's cups, you know, but I would just say like, it, it is so different, you know, it is so different from this world. So I would say like, honestly, my goal at work is to be different, you know, mm-hmm. is I want people to be like, you know, something's weird with Sean, you know, I like, that is honestly my goal. It's not to be like, oh my gosh, Sean just told me that God loves me and he wants, he wants, yeah, this big guy talk down to me. You know, I don't (laughs) want, I don't want that, you know, like that's like later Jesus loves you. Yeah. And the Bible says so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think it's just like the first step is being different, you know, like me going home and being different. Yes. You know, Breaking yep. out of high school angsty, weird Sean. Yep. You know, being different, showing that shows people that I've changed and my heart has changed. That's exactly it. It's this radical heart culture that like mm-hmm. I am so free and passionate. Yeah. And like going primarily to discernment or going primarily to the question of how much do I want to get back? Yeah. Those are like second or tertiary. The first thing is that I would do that because my heart is ripped apart with the love of God. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ has anything. changed my life. And Joe Massick is all about this. Like, uh-huh. And he lives it in such a witness, very witness, witnessing way about like, my life is different. You want to know why? Let's talk about it later, but you can see it mm-hmm. on, in my you eyes. Can see it. You can hear it on my tongue. And what can, I say to you. Yeah. And, and how I relate to that's you. That's really hard in the real world because like, I am very human, but I think 
even in my broken humanness, like especially in that you can see mm-hmm. something different. It's not just like a circling toilet of doom. It's yeah. That's like not we, boring. Right. It's not boring. Sin is boring. Sin is boring. So when we're these, when we're in the world and we're living freedom and we're living passion and we are like walking hand in hand in Christ, like as lover and beloved, uh-huh. we're pouring love out into those we love the most. And especially like, you know, you found, you do that, you, you flesh your love to your wife and your mm-hmm. family yeah, in such a beautiful way. Thank you. And yeah, it's, it's really, I find to like see that in men in uh-huh. so, such a simple way. You said that earlier, like yeah. I found it is this simple inside. God is simple. He's not complex. He's very simple. Yeah. Right. It's just, you see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we're going to wrap this podcast up. Yeah. It's just, um, it's almost an hour. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, praise the good Lord because I know, you know, once you kind of want things just click, uh, huh. And you realize a whole life, your whole life's in the hand of God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Bellion, baby. We got to get him on here. Jay Bell. Yeah. Even he lives that radical, like he reminds me of King David. Uh-huh. Like passionate, bearded, yeah. talented man. Mm-hmm. He's a king in his own right. John Bellion is. is a king. He is a king. And he understands that it's, it's him working at his full capacity only through the grace merited by nothing. Mm-hmm. And what is it per, like the Augustine thing? It's like, pray as if everything depended on God, work as if everything depended on you. Wow. That's Augustine. Baby. I like that. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, you can replace the word l- work with live, right? Like, so uh-huh. just like, go live a human life, but know that's all from God. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's the primary core center uh-huh. of your heart. And it centers you. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. That centers you. You know, if I have a great conversation, it's not like, oh, I'm great, you know? No, God gave me that conversation. God gave me the insight to to see how that was great, you know? Dude, it makes some, like the Holy Spirit isn't this ghost kind of eel thing that's just slithering in and out. Yeah. It is this. It's this. It's, it's a conversation. Right. And I was just reading in the gospel yesterday about, or maybe it was two days ago, where Elizabeth was spurred to say these things. She was in the spirit saying, <laughs> blessed are you among yeah. women, like, you're just spurred to this love. And the Holy yeah. Spirit has always talked about is this love between the Father and the Son. Like, mm-hmm. this is this love. Like, I am experiencing God when I'm pouring my life out in passion and freedom. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow, I guess that's the first time I've ever thought about the Holy Spirit that's, that way. Yeah. And he's here, you know? He's not like some bird. They don't <laughs> yeah. all fly south for the winter. Oh, no, <laughs> <the> paraclete. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the V of the Holy Spirit. Come back. No. Eagle's nest. Yeah. And uh, there's still the capacity to be, you know, paralyzed by fear and like, what if I'm doing the wrong thing? What yeah. if, and I find this to be true in my life, especially like, uh-huh. I really want to be following God's love. I really do want to give it all up for him. I yeah. really do want all of myself to be his. And yeah. often when I try to, act first versus be first you know, live out of this and act action will follow mm-hmm. when i go like well that means i'd have to do this yeah and then i can have it but okay what well, was super interesting because i was talking about this um last podcast mm-hmm. about the um augustine rules or the, the, the ignatian rules the ignatian of spirituality. Rule. Yeah. yeah okay so but you it was interesting how you were saying i think these things but that is what happens when you're when you're facing christ um, Christ fulfills your heart. Christ is pouring into your heart and the devil's speaking in your 
in mm. your mind. Yeah, so yeah. that's the doubt. That's the, you know, because I said when you're facing the devil, when you're facing the devil, the devil's kind of feeding your passion and your heart and God is speaking to your mind and that's why we have to stay distracted and stuff like that. But then like doubt, that's from the devil, you know, doubting God, God's existence. Like, oh, is this all worth it? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, it is, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like, it's here, you know, God, I think Eric said this, like God's plan is proved through existence, you know, through what is happening right now. It's God's plan. It just takes eyes to see it. It just takes eyes to this see it. This is what we're working yeah. at. Now, I would go so far as to say that evil one is extremely logical. Very. He, he appeals to the rational part of uh-huh. the, the human of side. man yeah. that says like, no, I, and like, all, you know, I'm just kind of putting this together. Mm-hmm. His key is to get us to pride in some yeah. fashion because yeah. that yeah. 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 murders our relationship with uh-huh. God. And if he's nowadays, cause we're, we think we're so smart mm-hmm. and he'll appeal to our intellect. He'll appear to our rationality and say somehow to get us say in our own heart, maybe subconsciously conscious that I am God or yeah. I don't need God at yeah. least. Yeah. At least yeah. I don't need God. Yeah. And that, oh, that's uh, so interesting. Oh man. You, you think of 122, Lord, I need you. Mm-hmm. Where that reckless humility of like, no, help me. Mm-hmm. I need you right now. Yeah. That, I don't know how kind of playing back into the freedom discernment. Yeah. Because, you know, these are all foundational things. Uh huh. But like, what does, what does this mindset start with? Because I, I didn't have this mindset when I was in high school. I didn't have this. Lord, I need you mindset. Like the, just the, the being able to start seeing mm. these things, you know, because like, I don't know, like I didn't see this when I was a freshman in college, you know, I didn't see this stuff. It, it comes with perspective. Yeah. And I remember actually in class, we had a sacraments class uh-huh. and I, I think about my teacher now and like how he plays into God's plan. And it's so humble and really saintly, uh-huh. but he talked about this thing called sacramental vision. And like, you know, it's just another note to me, take it down before yeah. he erases it. Yeah. Kinda yeah. Yeah. BS. But really it is that sacramental vision and you could mark it as you know grace you're participating with god and you can see how god's hand touches everything Uh that's through things like scripture and mass and the sacraments or you could think of it not this is not without god but it's not labeling it as such you can think of it as a human humanistic captain fantastic kind of there is a beauty and a good to this world and you need to respect the sacred nature of how we're operating like that, like, you know, those people are also very holy. Mm-hmm. Like God's grace is not just particular to Christians. Yeah. So sacramental vision. And for me, like, you know, I just, it's all part of his plan. Yeah. It is. And I don't understand grace. I don't understand the participation, like why some people are grace more than others, why others are in love with God more than people who are not. Mm-hmm. So we're all called to that. And it's one of those things where you just kind of have to question God and say, Why? You know, Job screamed, why? Yeah. But he never sinned. No. And that's my big fault is I always scream, God, and like say, why? And then I go sin and say, yeah, yeah. stupid. Then you go I could make it better. Yeah. Yeah. You, man, you, come on. Come man. on, man. <laughs> so I have no answer to that, Sean. I think. It's a big question. I really think, you know, he gives, it, he gives us all of it, but uh-huh. we just need to give that one inch. Yeah. Like we're talking about way earlier yeah. of the like. 
the jealousy God. He's given mm-hmm. you everything, and we just needed somehow one little inch yeah. moving. Yeah, but it's interesting how you say the door is open mm-hmm. um, with the Inquisition. Yeah, he always like, leaves the door open. He, oh, no, but we, 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 we locked the it. door. We locked we the locked door. We locked the door. We're going to lock him in there, you know? And I think it's like you need to, you need to have a room in your Dang. heart for him to go, you know? Leave the door open. Leave the door open, you know, and, and maybe move one box over or take one box out of the room so Jesus can like put his feet in there and look, (laughs) you know, because like our hearts are so filled with Instagram, getting our likes, you know, our heart is so filled with these earthly things, like, which aren't bad, which aren't bad, but aren't like when, oh, that's so interesting because like God, he kisses us. So realize that God is kissing you and passionate after your heart. And leave the door open. And then you're moving, right? Then you're moving. Because the Grand Inquisitor, he was doing great things, but it was all action. He was all acting. And like, originally, probably to get into a priestly life, you Mm -hmm. know, the the presbyterate, he would be moved. And in some direction, you could say, maybe he believed in Jesus. He probably believed in Jesus in his early career. And then Uh somehow that died and he closed the door. And he was willing to murder this man. Uh He was willing to put him back up. Because of what he thought. Because of what, boom, I heart, need to do this. I his heart the was church. closed. Exactly. And God's mercy and God's love is constantly, recklessly giving us mm-hmm. the attention and love we need. And boom, right when we need it. you. Leave the door open. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. And I mean, that takes time and often. It takes a lot of time. I lock the door a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Stay in there or something. Uh-huh. I'll be back tomorrow. Wow. So... Beautiful. A lot of closed doors around here, Sean. Wow. We're, oh, yeah, we're recording in Sean's uh, beautiful apartment. apartment. Yeah. This it's is pretty so quiet good. in here. Oh, the plant. Yeah, the plant. It's, it you, lives. You trimmed it. Yeah, I had to trim it just because we're moving. What kind of plant is it? It's a, I don't know. It's like a creeping ivy. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, I can't believe it's still alive. <laughs> Do you water it? <laughs> it's been it? a year. I water it once a week. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful guy. Yeah, he's probably pretty thirsty right now. I can't mm. believe he's still green. Mm-hmm. Wow. You got a good friend over there. Yeah. Well, dude, I think this was, I just, I love casting with you. How we I just know. balance these things and Dang. God's always waiting to smooch us. Yeah. I, I just think that we, yeah, just that openness. It's free. He loves our freedom because uh-huh. who knows, maybe the next day the Grand Inquisitor went out and like started hugging people and didn't yeah. burn anyone else. Yeah. Like that's how we're moved to that freedom and the uh-huh. passion. And God is wild at heart. Yeah. He was so wild, he came right on in. Wildin'. 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 <laughs> He's north of the wall. <laughs> I'm wildin'. <laughs> so funny. You know that song, uh, Wild Out by Waka Flocka? Yeah, yeah. Don't like that Don't. one. <laughs> Don't listen to that. <laughs> I like Waka just because I think he's funny. Yeah. <gasps> I've been listening to, like... <laughs> I've, I got back into Drake a little. Oh, okay. Like... Yeah, just Not listen a to a couple of his man. songs. They're super, I mean, it was so funny because I showed Delexi one of the songs last night and I was like, it's super bad and it doesn't affect my soul. So don't try to say it. No, but I was just like <laughs> kidding, you know, because it does. It does. Seriously. Like and when I go walk to work out, I listen to like some Bump and Drake, like his new album. And it just makes me feel weird. Like, Yeah, and there's a spiritual is, aspect to it. And like, right, I don't want to get too into like the, who knows, I have no idea about the spirituality of it, but no. on a certain level, like you, you know, you can make yourself angry, happy, sad. You can. 
uh, pissed off yeah. for some music. And uh-huh. if you're if you're living out of that free relationship with Jesus and you're like consistently having that heart culture moved by His will of intense love, and yeah, uh-huh. maybe you listen to Drake and like or, uh-huh. or Fawaka and you'd be like, ha, dudes, this come is on. come on. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I remember Father John would say he used to listen to. Uh, Rage Against the Machine a lot oh. in high school. And just, you know, that balls up, right? You know, yeah, yeah, you're ready yeah. to go just, deadlift yeah. 400 pounds. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it creates this propensity to become angry quickly. Because yeah. uh-huh. you're literally creating these neurons that are like, yeah. I'm angry now. Yeah. Now, I don't know how to handle that because I love that type of music. Tool mm-hmm. is... It an, gets you. Yeah. And it, like physiologically, it, it's a good thing to be moved in that way. Uh-huh. But if like that's how you're also that's the direction and the the fuel for your soul versus mm-hmm. this reckless love. Yeah. It'll come back to bite you. It and does. we don't we don't have to be the ones to say like don't do that because you'll figure you'll, it out. You'll figure it you out. figure it out. I figure it out every day. Uh-huh. Oh, don't get up and go to my email and I'm fueled by stress and yeah. uh kind of resentment. <laughs> what? Dude, that's my sink. Oh. It backs up. Oh, gross. It's gross. All that hair. All that, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> gross. That's the bad cool things though. about living in the basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that. <laughs> Hopefully we can hear it. Yeah. It sounds like something from Star Wars. <laughs> 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 All right, Shani. Well, cheers to this beautiful yeah, cheers cast. Cheers to this cast with our, our coffee in the morning. Gurgling throats. Yeah, wow. I'm glad you guys made it through. Yeah, hopefully you guys get some insights or at least something uh-huh. applicable to... Uh, I would do this podcast if we were the only two listeners just to yeah. be like, whoa. It's very beneficial. I so. love, love hearing uh-huh. myself. No, okay. I don't love hearing myself, <laughs> but I would listen to what I'm saying. Just the the fact that I'm articulating it is so helpful to it is. like speak it into existence. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely speaking it into existence. I don't like listening to myself. I kind of hate it. Yeah. It's kind of just like, oh, crap. Like, Do I sound that nasally? <laughs> <laughs> very true, mm-hmm. but... Thanks for joining us, guys, and we hope you have a happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, make that money. Probably in January. Yeah, I think we'll, we might take a little Christmas break. We'll Mm -hmm. see. We'll see. We'll tweet it out. We'll Facebook it out. Yeah. Okay, boys. God bless. And women. God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.